to get started, we are going to have Perry. So if y'all can just give her a round, warm welcome. What's up, Elevation? If I haven't gotten the chance to meet you, as Jania said, my name is Perry. And I've been going to Elevation for about two and a half years now. Um, I'm a junior at UCA. And I get the pleasure of leading in real life, which is our high school ministry. So, shameless plug, if you feel intrigued by that or you want to come hang out with us on a Wednesday, come hit me up after. Um, but now I'm just going to get started. Shameless plug over. So, whenever I was asked to speak tonight, I began asking the Lord what he wanted me to speak on and just kind of thinking what I should speak on. And I'm not going to lie, for a second, I had a lot of issues trying to figure out what I wanted to speak on. And it's not because I couldn't think of how God has shown up in my life. I can. But he has shown up in so many aspects of my life. Um, some of these aspects were beyond my control, but some of them were connected by one central point in my life. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight, and that is identity. And some of the things that I struggled with, I didn't know were identity issues. So I'm going to touch on that as well. I'm going to start by telling some of my story. Um, but I'm going to start with kind of a character overview, if you will. So I always said yes to everything. I always wanted people to like me. I always wanted to be included. So I overflowed my plate. I was involved in so much. <laughs> Sometimes I couldn't really handle it. But now that I've addressed that, just kind of keep that in mind as I tell you parts of my story, and that'll make sense. So I'm going to skip ahead a few chapters to my freshman year in college. Um, I had been struggling for a few months. I didn't really feel like myself, um, and so I started going to therapy, and I had a realization about myself via said therapist that I was struggling with anxiety. Um, but I started claiming that as my identity, and that's when that becomes an issue. So internally, I was telling myself, you can't do this, you're too anxious, nobody wants to hang out with you, you're anxious, like, nobody wants to be around an anxious person, and that is just not true. But I was standing on that false truth while putting a front out to everyone around me that I was fine, everything was fine. And then that kind of led into self-isolation because I didn't want to put up a front anymore. And that eventually led to some depression and I began to tell myself again, nobody wants to hang out with you, you're depressed. And um, I just kept telling myself these lies that were being fed to me by the enemy and believing them as truths. And I just isolated myself even more and it was exhausting trying to put it this front. So. At this point, I knew that something needed to change. And every time it felt like I tried to turn to the Lord for help, the enemy would attack me with lies, saying I couldn't do it, I was too far gone, I wasn't good enough, and that I was just going to be stuck in this pit forever. <laughs> now, that's obviously not true, but it reminded me of when Jesus was walking on water in Matthew 14 and called Peter to walk with him. And it says... Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now this came to my mind because every time I would try and fix something on my own, it, I would be surrounded by this wind and of the enemy saying, you can't do it, you're alone, whatever. And I would get scared, but I realized that the Lord's hand was there reaching for me the whole time. I was just, I needed to stand up and look for it, grab it, and not listen to the lies of the enemy. 
So the Lord revealed to me that while I was putting my identity into things like anxiety and depression, it was rooted in something so much deeper. Um, I was basing all of my worth, putting all of my identity into people's thoughts about me. I cared so much about what other people thought about me, which is why I put up this front to everyone. Um, and Jesus began to open my eyes about what the Heavenly Father says about me. And so in John 15, it says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. And God showed me that I was made in his image. I'm more than any anxiety or depression I've ever experienced. I'm more than people's opinions about me because ultimately those do not matter. It's what the Heavenly Father says about me that matters. And one by, or, yeah, one, by one, <laughs> the Father held my hand as he cleaned these branches that were producing fruit, but the ones that he was not producing, or the ones that was not producing fruit, he cut off. And it felt like I would hand them over and be like, yes, Lord, take this one. I don't want to be anxious anymore. Or yes, Lord, take this one. I don't want to be depressed anymore. But whenever it came to this overarching one of people's opinions, I'd be like, no, God, you can't take that one. That's all of my identity. That's who I am. If you take this one, I will have nothing left. And he would grab my hands and say, no, you get to put this one down. You get to lay it at my feet. You don't have to bear this weight anymore. Jesus died on the cross, so we don't have to bear that weight anymore. And I'm not standing here saying I never try and pick him back up again. I definitely do. However, whenever I find myself falling back into my old habits, this verse I try to read so I can kind of speak this over myself. I'm sure most of you have heard it. It's Philippians 4.6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This kind of encapsulates a lot of the things I was struggling with. So if I was feeling anxious, I could read this over myself and be like, okay, I can present this to God and not have to feel this weight. Or if I was getting depressed, when it says with thanksgiving, I would try and list off everything I was thankful for. And that made me realize that the enemy was lying to me, trying to make it seem like everything I had going in my life wasn't really there and minimize everything. And so Jesus wants to lay these at his feet and never pick them back up again because that is what true freedom is. And he wants us to experience this freedom while he covers us in the truth that we are children of the king. We are handcrafted by him in his image. And that is where our identity lies. And so that's all I have for you. But I need y'all to get hyped because Cam Connor is coming to bring the word next. Hi, everyone. Um, so if you don't know me, my name is Cameron. I am on staff for worship here. I've been on staff since June of 2021. Wait, what year is it? 2022? 2021. So just like eight months in. Um, and it's been such a blessing just to be able to, um, I don't know. I, it, it took a season of trusting the Lord to get me to where I am today. And so it's just so cool to see like the fruits of what that was. And that is not what I was originally going to talk about, but it looks like that's where I'm going. Um, and so I, um, grew up in Sherwood, um, with my family. My dad's a pastor. My mom is a special needs teacher. And so you would think that, you know, I was just like the sweetest little child that ever did cross the earth, but I was very much so not. I was the opposite. Um, and so everybody knows, like, 
PKs, you have your your goodie two-shoe PKs, and then you got the other ones. I was one of the other ones. Um, and so in that, I was just very rebellious. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with the Lord. And I got baptized when I was eight. Um, and so it's like, I've always, I've had faith instilled in me, but I never took faith seriously. Um, and so in high school, I was one of those people who I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian because it was easy to say, but like my actions did not line up with it. And I had no desire to be with the father. Um, and so in that, it was just like, I got caught up in so many things. I got caught up in I'm going to just be real. I got caught up in drugs. I got caught up in alcohol. I got caught up in partying. I got caught up in sex. And it was just like so consuming. Um, and, you know, like when you're in those like deep sin battles and deep sin struggles and, and, and you don't like have convictions about them, it's just a very dark place. And so I'm just, I'm battling with depression. I'm battling with anxiety. And I'm wondering, I'm like, why am I dealing with these things? And it's like, it's because I'm so far removed from the Father. And so it's like, in my spirit, I knew that, but I didn't know that myself. Um, and so as I graduate college, I mean, college, good Lord, high school, um, I, uh, I was just kind of reflecting on my life. And I was like, I need a change, but I just don't know what it is. I don't know what that looks like. And so moving into college, I uh, had some friends, great community, went to OBU. Go OBU, Tigers, woo-woo. Any Tigers in the house? Chloe, great. Um, <laughs> and um, I remember it was my first week of school, and my friends took me to Sonic. And it was three of us. Praise God, Sonic. Woo-woo. Um, it was half price in the name of Jesus. Um, <laughs> but my friends took me to Sonic and I remember one of my friends in the front seat, she like turned around and she was like, Hey Cameron, I know that you say that you're a Christian, but how does your lifestyle line up with that? And she was just like asking me like, just like the question, just like, not like in like an antagonizing way at all. It was just like a, Hey, you say this, so why do you do not that? And I was like, you know, I don't really know. Um, and so I th that was like my turning point when I started like thinking and processing through like, hmm, I do say that I'm a Christian, but I don't want a relationship with Christ. So what does that mean for me? Um, and so as I was doing research, trying to just like, I guess just validate my lifestyle and my choices. So basically I went to the word and the funny thing about me is, like, when I'm arguing with people, I'll try to find out what their side of things are. So that way I can be like, I know you're about to say this, but I'm about to hit you with this. And so as I'm coming up with all my arguments, reading my books, I go to the Word because I'm like, I know that this is something that is important to them. And so I'm going to find something and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it right back at them. And, well, that's when the Lord started working on my heart. <laughs> um, and just like through more time and more time in the word, I started to become more convicted of the things that I was doing and the ways that I was acting and the ways that I was treating people. Um, and in October of my freshman year, I gave my life to the Lord. And it was like a very cool experience altogether. But it's just one of those things of like it took love to get me there. Um, so I think the point of what I'm saying is like, we try to convict people, but that is not our job. 
The Holy Spirit is who convicts, and the Holy Spirit is the one who can change lives, not us. So we are vessels. We are to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, but in that, we have no power to convict other people. And it wasn't until someone loved me in my mess, in my sin, in my craziness, that I actually saw the love of Christ, and I was open to receiving the love of Christ. So all that to say, if there's someone in your life who is far away from the Lord, who you feel like, oh, I cannot stand being around this person because of the ways that they act and the ways that they treat people and the things that they do, think like Christ. Everyone in this room who, who knows Christ has the mind of Christ. Think like Christ. Love people. Love is who God is. And so you have to exude that so that others see him. And so anyways, that's not what I was going to talk about, but that is what that is what happened. So we got Corinne Carr on the way. How is everybody? We're good. Good? Awesome. Um, I'm Corinne. I lead a life group with Liv. This is my second semester leading. Um, it's on Thursday nights, and I love it. It's awesome. She's incredible. Where are you? Oh, there you are. She's incredible. She's like peaceful, kind, gentle, wise woman, and I'm like, ah, like crazy. So we balance each other out very well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to pray real quick, so close your eyes, bow your head. Um, God, speak in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I'm not going to close my eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I'm serious. I see your eyes open. Okay, good. They're closed. Raise your hand if you've ever sinned. Okay, I want you to open your eyes. Keep your hand up. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. We're all sinners. Isn't that crazy? No, it's, it's not. It's not really crazy. Um, we were all born sinners, um, but thank the Lord that we have Jesus and that he is our hope. I want to share a little bit of my story. Um, whenever I was younger, I um, was sexually abused whenever I was a really little girl. And due to that, a door of lust was opened at a very young age. Um, and so around the age of eight to nine, um, I started to watch pornography. And I struggled till I was about 16. Um, I heard someone speak about it. She's actually in this room. She had the courage and the faith to share her testimony. And I remember it stirred something inside of me because I was like, who is this girl coming up here and talking about this? I thought I was going to have to take this to my grave. Like nobody was ever going to know about this. Um, and then one by one, I started hearing girls talk about it. Um, so for any girl in the room who struggles with this, I just want to let you know it's not just man's sin. We all struggle with lust. Um, but when I heard her speak about this, I remember I was sitting in the auditorium and I was like, okay, she just did that. Dang girl, like pop off. I was like, I want to like this stirring. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That stirring that happens like in your stomach. I was like, I want to tell somebody. Well, guess what? I walked out of that building and the enemy started attacking me. And so I didn't tell anybody. I actually heard people speak about it three times. Um, 
before I ever said something, I actually said something, three of my mentors asked me the same question. They said, I had some bitterness in my heart, you know, we all get that. They said, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you consuming? What was I putting in me? And the third time a mentor asked me that, I told. I said, this is what I struggle with. And I just remember in that moment, I felt so much freedom because sin is death. But we, we repent and we tell someone about our sin, we gain freedom. And so I want to talk to three people tonight. Um, one, I want to talk to the person who's never told anybody. Two, I want to talk to the person in this room who has told somebody, but you're still struggling. And three, I want to talk to the person who has gained freedom in this sin area or whatever sin area um, but you've gained freedom in it. So one, I want to talk to the person who um, hasn't told anyone. I know you're in here because I was in here. Um, I got this uh, picture whenever I was praying about all this. Has anybody ever seen The Princess Bride? I feel like I'm holding this so close. Okay, yeah. So you all know the part of the movie when she's like in the pit and there's like those little gooky things and the rats. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. So it's like, okay, that wasn't good. So it's like a dungeon, like a whole pit thing. And I saw this person just in this hole, like in the ground. And there's wood on top, but they can see like some dims and some creaks of light. You know when the wood's kind of like broken up, but you can kind of see through like a, like a broken board or something. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Thank you. I need you to talk to me. Like, uh, okay, thank you. So you're sitting there, you're looking up. You're not saying anything. And people are walking by you all day long. And I believe the Lord told me when I saw this picture that those people were mentors, leaders, friends, and Jesus walking by. And you're just sitting there in this pit not saying anything. But I promise you, if you said something, hey, like Bonnie, one of my best friends, Bonnie, I'm, I'm a down here, can you help me? She wouldn't, well, she might, you know, walk by the first time, but <laughs> I love you, but no, no, she would be like, oh my gosh, Corinne, you're with the rats, let's get you out, and she would help pull me out, and so I just want to encourage you, it says in James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed in Jesus' name, am I right? So tell somebody, tell somebody, too. You've told somebody, but you're still struggling, okay? We've been there. I'm there sometimes, you know? It's hard. So, like, I've told people that I get angry. I still get angry sometimes, you know what I mean? All right, okay. So I believe that um, self-control, fruit of the Spirit, right? We have to use self-control in the world that we live in. I think that the enemy, we believe that the enemy, the enemy is not some little red devil sitting in the corner that's like, like ugly. No, the enemy wants to look good to you because he wants to one-up God. And so you have to be very, very careful in the world that we live in today. So you have to use self-control. That new Netflix show that just came out that all your friends are watching that has literally scenes of girls naked, should you be watching that? Should you? Should you be scrolling on TikTok all night? Watching people dance like this. Like, should you? You know what I mean? Should you? Should you be listening to that song? Because you are singing that over and internalizing it into your body. I don't know if you realize that. You say, oh, I'm just listening to the beat. No, you're actually singing those words over your body. You're internalizing them. This is your temple. But you still do it because the world looks good. But um, 
Matthew 28, Isaiah 43, 1 says, I have called you by name, you are mine. See, the world wants to think you, make you think that you're, that you're the world's, but you're not. You're God's. He wants you. He's called you by name. He says, hey, you're mine. I want you. So sometimes that looks like not watching that new cool Netflix show. I want to watch it. I want to know what my friends are talking about. Sometimes it looks like not listening to that song. It's hard. Do we mess up? Yes, yes, we do. There's, there's grace. But we have to use self-control and resist temptation because the enemy, is he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Three, I want to talk to the people who have gained freedom in, I mean, I know you're not perfect because you're not Jesus, but let's say you've gained freedom in an area in your life, right? Um, so in Matthew 28, everybody knows Matthew 28, right? Go to, uh, teach people. Um, <laughs> guys, okay, I'm remembering the la- baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Right? Okay. So that's, I shouldn't have said that like that. The gospel is so important. But at the end of that, it says, Matthew, Matthew 28, uh, after that verse, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands I have given you. See, I think there are a lot of people in this room who have gained freedom in an area, but you're not willing to share that freedom with other people. And we're called to disciple. We're called to teach people. We're called to have them sit at our dinner table and say, hey, this is something I struggle with. Have you ever struggled with any of these things? Because if so, I want to teach you how to walk out of this and how to walk into freedom. We are called to do that, right? Okay, so um, I missed one of my, one of my verses that I was going to say is 2 Corinthians 5.21. I want to read it to you guys. Sorry, I have to flip. It says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, the thing is, we weren't made to carry this sin. We weren't made to. But we do because we're imperfect and we're human. But the cool thing is, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He bore our sin. He became sin. It's not ours to carry. You don't have to stay in that pit. You don't have to live every day just like, I'm going to take this to my grave because it's so gross and it's so terrible and I'm just going to keep doing this. That's not how God intended it to be. He wants he, like he wants you. Like he sees you as a son or a daughter. You know, like I just don't think sometimes we fathom the love that he has for us. Um, and so I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to read a verse over you. It's in Psalms 32. Um, it's called The Joy of Forgiveness is what it's titled. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a little bit. How joyful is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. Keep your eyes closed. Dear Lord, 
I just thank you for every single person in this room. Thank you so much for creating them, God. You designed each one of us. We are unique to you. You knew our name. You knew how many hairs we had on our head, God. How many we still have. You know, some of us have lost some. <laughs> but Lord, um, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. God, thank you that we now have access to you that we can ask for forgiveness, that we can repent of our sins, God, and that you will forgive us. And Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding us. God, I pray that you convict people in this room, God. I pray that they don't feel condemnation, but God, that they feel conviction from you daily so that they can live for you, God, that you can sanctify them, that people will ask them, who is this Jesus? Lord, thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Now, up, Jalen! Here we go. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like blue. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Jalen. Thank, thank you. Uh, that's about it. I don't, I don't want to do a huge intro. All right. So, first off, I want to say thank you to the previous young guns I spoke, to Perry, Corinne, Cam, wherever he is. I don't know. I don't know how I did that. Okay, so I'm going to just come up here and talk about my life, talk about the things that I've been through. Who's starting the piano? Okay, cool. So growing up in church all my life, had a, I was a son of a preacher, and I was in church. It didn't matter if it was Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday, for some reason, I was in church no matter what was going on. And I'd always sit and I'd listen because I was supposed to. I'd go home and pray because I was supposed to, and I'd talk to God only whenever I wanted something, and that's all my relationship with God was. So I'm in church one day, still a little nuggethead, still like six years old, and it's communion time, and I see all of the adults get communions with the little cups and the wine, not the wine, not the wine, the grape juice and the little bread on top. And I'm a little kid, and I'm like, yo, how can I get that? I want a snack mid-service. So I asked my mom, and she was like, Jalen, got to get baptized. And I was like, get baptized, say less. So the next, <laughs> so the next service, I slept through it, not going to lie. Slept through it. So my mom would wake me up whenever it's time for the altar call. I run up, and I'm like, I want to make Jesus the boss of my life. And then he asked me, like, the questions, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a few weeks later, I get baptized, put on the water, taken out. And I come out, and I'm shivering. I'm cold because I just came out of the water, of course. And one of the elders, one of the older ladies came up to me, and she said, Jalen, how do you feel? And I said, cold. And she said, no, 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 Jalen, how do you feel? And I said, I'm cold. And in that moment, it was, if I do this, then this happens. If I do this, then this happens. So we continue my relationship with God. I'm still talking to him whenever I want something, but it hasn't really elevated at all. I continues coming to New Life at like the age of eight. And then I started getting involved inside of small groups, started going to conferences, things like that. And I like to describe it as a meal to where, like, God, spending time with God is an entree, and then everything else is like sides. So I started eating up on those sides, starting going to small group, starting reading the Bible whenever they told me to, but that's about it. Starting going to conferences, et cetera, serving, things like that. Just getting those sides. And because that's what I was used to, that's all I had, and my stomach was, like, built for it. I was built just for science, and I never knew what it was like to have the entree. So we skip forward a little, little bit more. I'm like 14, 15, start serving in kid life. And that was the first time I started 
actually sitting down with God. But not because I wanted him to change me. It's because I wanted to make sure I was giving a good message to the kids. I want to make sure that I was, I said the, I said the correct thing the first time. I don't know, I was trying to rephrase it. But yeah, so only going to the word for that reason. And now this whole time, God has still been communicating with me, but I just really didn't know his voice yet. So this continues. I start looking at Bible plans just because, just because. I was like 15 looking up like marriage plans and like how to have a family. I was wilding. I, didn't, <laughs> I was using the Bible for like my personal gain instead of a relationship with God. So this continues. I was in a relationship. We broke up. So sad. Actually, do y'all want that story or like are we serious? Let me know. We're serious. Thank you. So, so, break, <laughs> so the breakup happens and I'm sad. Like I'm in my feelings. I had Drake ready on the playlist. And I'm sitting down in my room, you know, that shots of the rosé. Yeah, okay. So, calm down. Okay. So I'm crying out loud. Like I'm like beatboxing almost. And my mom comes in and she sits down and she prays with me. And this whole time I'm, you know, how, how people do. And she's praying over me. I don't even remember what she said, but she said amen and my tears stopped. I'm already getting emotional. I'm, I'm not going to make it. So, <laughs> yeah, I am. So she says amen, and my tears stopped. And I didn't force them to stop. It just happened. And in that moment, I was like, God, is this real? So that day, that night, I decided, God, I'm going to pursue you with everything I have. I'll make you my first priority. And if I don't get anything from it, I'm done with church. And I mean it. Because people always say, go to God with all your emotions, with all your problems, everything that's going on. Be real with God. So if I do this and it doesn't work out, the church is a lie. So the next few days, I do it. And I mean, like, I get up early in the morning. And not like groggy in the morning, scrolling through the Bible. I mean, I've, I've, I was giving God my early morning time whenever I was fully awake. And I kept on doing it. Days turned into weeks, those weeks turned into months. And instead of, I don't know, I was gonna go, okay, so I was giving it, giving all my time to God, making God my first priority. And I began to see changes, not only within our relationship, but within my life. I started to reflect God, reflect His word, things like that. And it, and it just didn't stay inside of me. You know how it says, like, my cup overfloweth? Or, yeah, that's what I, okay, cup overflows, right? Or you can use the meal idea to where I was consuming so much. I had finally gotten to the entree and I was eating good. My stomach was getting good to the point where I was full, but I still had food to share with other people. So I was going around my school talking about God. People that didn't want to hear God, I still showed them God's love, still showed them God's joy, still made them laugh, things like that. And of course, I'd love to say that things remain that way, but they didn't. So as I kept on consuming all of this, my hunger grew more, but I didn't pursue God anymore. So this relationship that I had as top priority became smaller because I stopped hungering for him as much. I started to sacrifice my time for other things. My relationship that was full of so much effort became effortless. My time that was, God, let me sit down in this place with you and sit for as long as you need me to became, God, let me look at this plan real quick, do a quick scroll and keep it pushing. God, let me look at this verse. Thank you. Keep it pushing. And this pattern continued for a while to the point where I had a point where I was empty and I was once again just consuming sides, just serving, but I wasn't having anything left within me. 
to the point where I wasn't giving people excess. I was taking pieces of myself and throwing it at people. Taking pieces of myself, being like, here, 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 and tearing myself up on the inside. But I was too prideful to say, hey, I need help. Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I need a new way to pursue God. So here I am tearing myself up and feeling empty, and I kept it going and going. I missed a verse. So back to whenever I was happy uh, with, the, with God. This is from Paul, 1 Corinthians 9, 13, 14. Okay. It says, don't you know those who serve in the temple get to eat food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share part in what is sacrificed at the altar? In the same way the Lord commanded those who preach the gospel should get the living from the gospel. If I do this voluntarily, I get rewarded for it. But if I'm forced to do it, I've been charged with a responsibility. What reward do I get? That when I preach, I offer the good news free of charge. That's why, I don't use, that's why I don't use the rights to which I'm entitled through the gospel. Basically, Paul is saying that for us to be able to spread God's word, we have to have God's word inside of us. We can't just keep on ripping things out. So back to me being sad. So I'm sad, ripping things out of my body, you, the metaphor. And I began to look at the person I used to be, at how my relationship with God used to be how I used to be all the way up here with God. People knew I was a Christian in my class and it wasn't a problem, but here I am now and nobody really knows what I represent. Nobody really knows who I am. So I began to look into the Bible, but not once again to find God, to make myself better. I began to look at all the rules within the Bible and I made it into a religion thing and not a relationship thing. So I was like, Lord, what's the Bible say about this? What's the Bible say about this? And I started stacking up rules, started comparing my old self to my new self started comparing what the Bible says to who I am at the moment, and that killed me, and that killed me. I became so insecure about every single step I was taking, about every single person I talked to, because I couldn't recognize God's voice anymore. I was too busy selling for sides whenever I was empty on the inside. So question is, Jalen, this is kind of sad. How did you, where's the upside to it? So this continued until about a month ago, surprise. And I went to a retreat, not because I wanted to, but because I was a leader in this ministry and I should have. So I went and I sat down through every single session, fell asleep in one of them. And once again, it was all these people coming to this place for rest and renewal, but I was just feeling stressed and beat up because of my lack of relationship with God. And because I had built a religion, I had been focused on all these rules in the Bible instead of focusing on the God who was there. So we hit this Devo, and the leader's talking about a knife and how God makes us sharper. And at that moment, I kind of broke. So the Devo was over, and I was like, hey, I'm struggling with, and I started listing things off, with ministering to other people, with continuing to have joy. And I kept it going, listing everything until I was just there. And then the wife of the leader asked for us to pray. So we put our heads down, and she prayed against the spirit of religion, the spirit of rules, and that we focus on a relationship with God. And at that moment, it hit me. It hit me so deep how I got so fixated on being a good Christian or a good guy that I didn't focus on my perfect God. So at that moment, I put my head up, and it was like everything in my life changed. And instead of me pursuing to be this perfect person or follow every single rule that God has inside the Bible, as long as I follow him, his word is going to be right there. 
as long as I pursue God with everything I have, his word's going to follow. I'm, 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 like, my life is going to be a natural reflection of my relationship with him. So, if we look down at this verse. It says, Philippians 3, 12, 16. It's not that I have already reached this goal or have already been perfected, but I pursue it so that I may grab hold of it because Christ grabbed hold of me just for this purpose. Brothers and sisters, I myself don't think I've reached it, but I do know this one thing. I forget about the things behind me and reach out for the things ahead of me. The goal I pursue is the prize of God's upward calling, Christ Jesus. So all of us who are spiritually mature should think this way. And if anyone thinks differently, God will reveal it to him or her. Only let's live in a way that's consistent with whatever level we have reached. So I don't know where you are. I don't know where your relationship with God is, but God is here. We've all said it, and we mean it with everything in us, that God is here, and he wants a relationship with you. All you have to do is take that first step. But on top of that, it's going to take consistency. It's going to take work. It's going to take community, people lifting you up. But stick with it. As someone who has been with God at his highs and someone who has chosen to be with God at his, as his lows, it's always worth it in the end. I'm such a stronger person. I'm, there's, it's hard to explain, but once you feel it, you feel it. So, one last thing before we kick it to worship and a prayer. But just because something works for you in this season doesn't mean that it's going to work for you in the next season. So in the same way as I was eating and then I became more hungry, be willing to change how your relationship with God looks. Be willing to change because then you'll grow so much more. So if y'all want to bow your heads real quick, I'm going to pray over you. God, first off, I just want to thank you for always being here, always wanting us, no matter how far we've fallen, no matter how bad we think we are, you've called us to something so much better. I just want to pray for everyone, everyone who feels distant from you, for them to know that you are right here, for people that feel close to you to know that you're not done and that you have so much more for their lives. God, I just want to thank you for who you are. In your name we pray, amen.